we have on three great friends that I happen to know personally. Uh, but before we get into that, our co-host, Linda Fisher, cannot join us this week. He had a big deadline, and so we will continue on without him. Tonight, I have brought on, as I said, uh, three guests. Their experience help you with your own event. So with that, uh, on the uh, on the show today, we have Russell Pardee. Do I have that right, Russell? Yep. All right, cool. Uh, we will do introductions here in a second. We have Ryan Albertson and Gina Kavanda. Did I say your last name right, Gina? I always wonder if I say that right. <laughs> it's Kavanda. Kavanda. Hold the A. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Gina Kovanda. Thank you so much. So with that, um, the event you do is called the Bohemian Snowmill. It's a, it's a bike ride. But as I said, let's just learn more about you, Russell. Tell us a little, a little bit about yourself. How did you get here? And, and what do you do during the day? Uh, well, during the day, I work for the University of Nebraska, but uh, uh, if we don't need to get into that, I guess. But um, for, I've been riding uh, bikes on gravel roads for a, about as long as you've been doing this, this show, I guess. So about <laughs> 11 years, uh, maybe a little bit longer. But um, yeah, we, we, we um, I don't know if you want to get into the whole history of the Bohemian Stonewall now, but I guess I'll just go through the history of me but um, let's go through the history of you first yes yeah so riding gravel bikes um, um for 11 or 12 years and uh, i've done uh, gravel worlds many times and and just try and get out and do as many of these gravel rides as as possible um although it's been a little bit tough lately <laughs> <laughs> well surely yeah uh yeah. ryan a little bit about yourself um i have been riding gravel with Russell and Gina for quite a while as well. Um, kind of got started with uh, Gravel Worlds and PCL, Pirate Cycling League. They are a big influence on us. And uh, for my job that pays the bills, I am working at Shirts 101, uh, screen printing and an embroidery shop, which also helps with our race a lot. So it's great. Wonderful. And Gina, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm Gina Kavanda. Um, I work for a company called Tuft & Needle, which is what I like to say a luxury bedding and mattress company that's better than Casper. Um, <laughs> I, do, um, I do UI UX design for them, so software and interface design. Um, been riding bikes since college, so I graduated in 2006. Um, and been riding since then, but I would say gravel has been a part of my life since 2010. Um, I kind of, uh, for a little while, decided to take over this group called Gravel Girls that was uh, started in Lincoln by someone else. Um, but I hosted that for three or four years and it was just a, a gravel ride with mostly women. Um, sometimes Rhino would come and wrestle. I think you went a couple of times as well. Yeah. Um, but it was just a Thursday ride that we did for a while. Um, so, but I've hosted a few rides like that in the past as well. So, okay. Now, before we get too much further, I just have to also note that, uh, on your website, you also have very different titles according to those profiles. Russ, you would be the course mapper, <laughs> Ryan, you would be the chief printing and, and course intensity and assistant. And Gina, <laughs> you are the mail management and designer. 
So <laughs> I think that that you know that those fun titles also just bring depth to your friendship as well. Because you guys have been friends for a while, haven't you? Yeah, for sure. I I, I don't know how long it's been. Over a decade, for sure. For I think all three of us, but. Yeah, Russell and Rhino have known each other a little longer, I believe. Um, you guys have known each other since high school. Is that correct? Uh, oh, it's maybe 2008. Up. So, yeah, definitely after high school. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So yeah, I, I can take the blame for the uh, the titles that are on the website. I <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. They make me laugh. So if, if we look at the broad idea of the stone mill what's the history of it you know how did this big event come to be and, and before we get into it uh whether it be ryan or any of you just feel free to take the lead uh what is the stove what is the stone mill and how did it come to be uh, yeah i guess i'll take that um so ryan and i in the about almost exactly uh five years ago now um okay. we did a bike packing trip uh, which is basically just camping with all your gear, uh, but you ride your bike to the campsite at Checkland Lake. Uh, we came from Lincoln, came from our, our homes in Lincoln, rode up, you know, 50 miles up to Prague and to Checkland Lake, uh, camped there for a night and ate at the cafe in town the next morning and, and rode our bikes back. Um, you know, and, and through that, you know, you know, 36 hours or, or whatever, um, you know this this idea of of how how great the roads are up there uh the dirt roads and the gravel roads and all the hills and 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 just that small portion we got on that trip there must be so many more roads um like that up there that that really should be ridden um and enjoyed so um the, yeah the, i think i think the the first idea of the the race came maybe on the on the ride back or um maybe <laughs> late in the night in in some sort of a um, liquid uh, uh, inebriation. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, is that how you remember it as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. We were just going for a, a fun ride. Um, it, we found the spot. The camping spot was primitive camping at Checkland Lake. It's it was just an all around a really fun time. And I think Russell brought up the fact that he wanted to host a race later on, but. Mm. It turned out great. I mean, I can't remember. Yeah, sure. So, so if we go, so if we go back to 2017, that was your first race, right? And was this yeah. was this bike ride around that same time? Or was it like two years before? Or... It was. It was so. Uh, I guess about nine months before. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so you get up there. You're like, aha! This is my inspiration. Nine months later, you have an event. Mm -hmm. What does it take to one determine the course how how do you rate different sections of the course you know i have wrote i am with a bike rider she is wonderful i am only absorbing what i can through her and i live vicariously through her <laughs> but i've also you know seen just how, how how you three just really get out there and ride and it's just like wow you guys are just intense so taking that level of experience how do you go about setting up a course What's your thought process? Um, yeah, so that's that's mostly my job. Um, it's it's really not that much writing. People always ask us how much we've written the course up there. Um, it's it's probably not as many as as or not as much as 
most of the the people that are that come up there to ride. Um, so the one great um, uh, uh, tool that I have in, in my in my toolbox is the the county uh, maps are are given out by the Department of Roads, and they're like big PDF maps, and they have the the road type. Um, uh, and that's really important. So you can see if it's a dirt road, you can see if it's a gravel road, you can see if it's a, a primitive road is, is the, the third kind of category that I look for. Um, so I, I try and get a, a hundred mile-ish um, route and um, w- including as many of those as I can and then plug it into a, a tool like um, Ride with GPS to map it out. Um, and you can that way you can see the how many feet of, of climbing you're going to get, which is important to me. Um, there's a lot of hills, and it's good to hit it as many as you can. So, um, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, after that, it's just a matter of we we normally just go up and drive the course um, and make changes or make notes as we're driving it. Um, that's that's the way we've been doing it. So that works. So yeah. you set that out. Ryan being the chief intensity expert or insister, <laughs> have you ever overwritten Russell and said, this is too simple. Let's make a detour and go through this. No, you know, no grass, something. There's probably like divots that are like, you no, know, three feet deep. Do you ever too, do that? Too simple? No, I would <laughs> be like, oh, this is great. They're going to hate this. Oh man, they're going to be crying all the way up this hill. I... <laughs> I embrace it. It's a free race. I mean, people just want to come and ride and have fun and put their bodies to the test. So I welcome all the challenges. Gotcha. So before we get into our second half, I kind of want to touch on this idea of, you know, as you look at races, because you've each have been involved in a number of different races, not only in Nebraska, but regionally as well. Do you have different races that you look to as these are kind of gold standards that we want to achieve for our race or this is kind of toughness or just just people and just the kind of people that they are? Do you have something like that that you have in your back pocket? Uh, Yeah, I guess I'll answer that. again. Um, There's a few. I mean, the Pirate Cycling League Gravel Worlds is obviously a a huge one. They're they're the big gravel race in Nebraska um, and and. And Corey and and Craig uh, Schmidt from those from that crew is especially they've been with them a long time. We've had a lot of talks with them about just how to host a race, basically. But um, as far as other you know kind of inspirationals, the um, it used to be called the Almanzo. Now it's called the Haywood Ride in Minnesota. It was a big one. It's a free race, and that's something that's really important for us is is to give a free race. Um, and their their attitude is great. Um, Mid South is also a big one. Um, they they do a very huge race but it's also it, you feel like you're um you're at home with uh with the organizers so and they they make you feel like you're part of them which is which is always good and that's that's kind of what we try to do i think so wonderful you know you may not believe it, but we're already close to 13 minutes into this let's <laughs> go take a really quick break and in the second half we are going to talk about what are some of the changes to to the race what's in the future look like uh, what's the community of uh, of those who come and do this? And then if there's some lessons learned. So four big points. We invite our listeners to come back, listen to the second, second half of this you know, great conversation, and we'll catch you in a second. And welcome back to Our Street. I'm Silicon Elder, and we're still having this great conversation with 
with the you know founders and and, and then organizers of an event called the Stone Mill. And so the three people that we ha have on this evening is Russell Pardee, Ryan Alberson, and Gina Cavana. Cavanda. I want to get this. Cavanda. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh goodness. So at the beginning of the show, we inter we introduced what the Stone Mill was, but we didn't really talk about how that steam came to be. So let's just try to cover that quickly. Uh, Gina, can you touch on that right quick? So 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 Gina came on uh, a, a little bit not late but she, she was not an original founder per se but but she showed up the first event and we've been friends for a lot longer before that and so gina just jumped in and helped w do whatever she could because she, she didn't uh she was sick or she wasn't writing that day so uh, <laughs> and so she you know became an organizer that day just uh um but so before the race um we had a meeting with uh, uh corey uh, from Pirate Cycling League, and he told us to basically choose something that wasn't uh, like a normal, like you know, Nebraska 100 mile gravel race. So, uh, and then I think we just brainstormed some ideas about the the Czech heritage, and so Stomo means 100 miles in Czech, um, and so that was that was kind of the impetus for it. I think it's a great name, but just as set up pure curiosity, what might have been the second or third choice that you had? there in the back burner if you if you remember and if not that's okay i think my first one was just like bohemian alps 100 and i think i think Corey said that was too boring <laughs> <laughs> no no it's 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 just very direct to the point that's yeah all. yeah so it's it's funny though because stowmill is it's become the stowmill it's not the bohemian mm -hmm. stowmill really i mean that's what we call it but people refer to it as a stove mill, which means we can never change the length of the race. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You are, so. you, you are stuck putting on a hundred mile community bike ride. And yeah, on yes. that note, community in the first half, in the first half of the show, you were saying that this is a free race. How does one go about registering for a free race? And, and how does some of this logistics come to be? kind of taking from the tradition of gravel worlds and pyrocycling league people would send in a postcard and they would have to mail in the postcard we're not taking online registration we're not taking a word of mouth registration has to be a postcard and in that postcard they say you know their their name their category and their hometown and email address and then we go from there I don't so worry. so 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 when we think about you know putting on an event in your first event so i have i have done a number of events and i always just rely on two things really uh three one uh hard work sweat that that's one uh volunteers and sponsors how many volunteers do you have to put on an event like this or how many would you like to have that's also <laughs> a good answer that is such a good question um Going back to your uh, your question that you asked before, I was one of their original volunteers for their first year of the Stone Mill. So I think it was myself and Allison, uh, which I can't remember her last name. You guys can help me if you remember, but there wasn't very many volunteers is my point. There was like two mm -hmm. or three. <laughs> um, and I think we all kind of realized that, you know, having uh, more volunteers makes sense. Um, obviously, but I will say that we've streamlined the mm -hmm. course so that we can um, 
manage things a little bit better. Um, so for example, this year we sort of do this like figure eight so that um, the half point kind of goes through the starting point, um, which in a way is a blessing. It's also um, kind of a curse for some people that are riding the race because it obviously encourages them to quit because they can see <laughs> their car. <laughs> um, but that allows us to, you know, just have volunteers or people that are at the start um, also managing um, a checkpoint or an oasis. Um, and so we've we've kind of kept that process um, like managed pretty well. We have some loyalty and some volunteers that come out every year. So we're like super lucky to have um, some really great friends that come out and um, always help us out every year. So, uh, but I would say we only have about six to eight people that come out to to help with the race. Well, uh, you know, it's the number of volunteers you need is also sometimes, and we will get back to sponsors just here in a quick second. It's sometimes the number of volunteers you need is respective of the size of the event. And we really haven't touched on that. Looking back at 2017, how many riders did you have then and looking oh. at this last year? What's I those wrote, numbers look like? Um, I wrote these down, actually, just now. Uh, 2017, we started with 50 people and only 27 finished. But now we've grown to uh, about 75 people start. So I think uh, we haven't really discussed if we're going to have a cutoff yet, but maybe it will if it grows so big we'll see all right and also before we get back to sponsors just want to learn a little bit more about the kinds of people that come and do 100 miles of a bike ride and for those of you that, that don't know the uh hills around uh, uh Chackland lake and that area they are no joke um if we would look at that total course and let's look at the look at the course you did in this last year how many feet of climbing does that course have i think it was about six or seven thousand uh um, feet of climbing so over a mile of climbing um and would you be able to have a comparison to what that might compare to say like gravel worlds in that same distance yeah so i was looking at like the the uh, the feet of climbing per mile and i think theirs was about 50 and ours was about 80 so not twice as much but uh, you know, maybe 60% more. And when we look at the kinds of people that are doing this, you know, what's your split, do you think, male, female? <sighs> Ryan, what do you think? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, we have way more males than females. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. Um, but we're always, we, I think that's one of the big things about the free race and the figure eight is we want to get as many people out on a bike as possible so it doesn't really we shoot for any and all time kinds and so the last question about demographics would be when i've watched it there's a there's there's a bell curve of of ages and there's also just a distribution of where people come from so first on ages what's the medium age of this event do you think and then what's the high and what's the low? Uh, I would guess... Ballpark guesses are just fine. Mid, mid-30s to early 40s. And your oldest yeah. rider to finish would have been? 
don't know, probably sixties maybe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And I've also known that, you know, it's just not so much of a local event. People come from around yeah. Dash to do this. Where is where's your furthest participant come from? Well, we've had we've had a, a writer from who's originally from Prague, Czechoslovakia, or Czech Czech Republic. Um, he lives in Madison, Wisconsin now, but uh, he's come down a couple times. Uh, we had a writer from Alaska this year. Um, I think that's about. Colorado, this. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all the surrounding states, but have, yeah, Alaska was a big surprise for us this year. Have you learned or felt that that your event is getting more traction outside of the local market, and you're, that's why you're getting more people, or are more people locally? really getting into gravel rides like this and they just really enjoy your event i think it's just more local kind of midwest people that are coming i mean gravel is exploding all over the nation so they everyone has access to rides and the population that's riding is exploding too so um i just i think it's mainly around nebraska and kind of midwest area gotcha if i could pivot the conversation to what's the future look like for for this big event so you're at 75 riders now. You had said perhaps earlier that I don't know if we're going to do this another 10, 15 years, but but you could. If so, what's the future of the event look like? Do you think you'll just get past that bell curve and be that you know 55 year old rider and just give the event to someone else, or do you want to do something more of like a gravel worlds and just try to make it bigger and better and go get permission to actually you know do X Y Z and go crazy? I'm honestly not sure. If- any of us have really talked about this, but um, I think that we can all agree that we don't want to become a gravel world. I mean, there's there's definitely a grassroots that we want to maintain. That's part of the reason why we do postcards and a lot of it's pretty manual. Um, so I think that like Ryan mentioned, having a cap on the number of riders that we accept, uh, I just don't think that any of us have a desire to have like a gigantic race where we are organizing something a lot bigger than what it is right now. Second or um, third job. Yeah. And it's just, it might become that. So I think that we like the management that um, we've been given ourselves right now. Um, we definitely have a reputation to maintain with it being one of the hardest races in Nebraska when it comes to gravel. Um, and that's kind of based on what we've heard Ryan and I visited another race in Kansas and uh, we were recognized as, Oh my God, you guys managed the stow mill. That's, I heard that's absolutely one of the most ridiculous, awful rides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you, and, and, and you took that with great pride. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But if we take that idea of if there was a cap, I'm just going to throw out 150 just cause I'm just throwing out a number. The bike community is also a big community by itself and, and it builds community. How have you really been a part of building that community with this race? Do you do you just encourage, you know, you might be out on the trail or you might know someone who just might not have that quite, you know, confidence yet to, to do your race, but do you reach out to them and say, you're doing really good. I think you would enjoy this. Is, are those things that you and other writers do for each other? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I've always had a lot of encouragement to ride and um, a lot of free events 
So that's kind of what we strive for is that uh, having access to it and just having a community where people can feel relaxed together and have fun and kind of compete against each other, but also compete against yourself and change kind of how you are doing. Gotcha. And I will, uh, I have, I've only camped with you guys before your race on a couple occasions and it's a great environment. It's just, it's something that if I have time, I will gladly do because it's just a, it's just a really welcoming, fun environment. But also with building community, you have learned lessons by doing this that others might be able to apply in doing their own kind of event. It may not be a bike ride, but there's an organizational aspect and things like that. So if you could think of perhaps what is two to three lessons that you've learned that others might find helpful in planning their own event. Do you have something that comes to mind right quick, Russell, or, or is that too left field? Um, yeah, I would just, just say reaching out to, you know, the people in your community that are, you know, and I'm going to talk about sponsors, I guess, because, because that's what I feel like is, is our big community is, is our, our sponsors are only in Nebraska. They're, they're people we know. Um, and that wasn't always the case, but that, that was something we quickly learned that we didn't really like schlepping product for, <laughs> for some corporation in, in Europe or whatever. So, um, yeah, the goldenrod pastries, uh, monkey wrench cycles and street liquor. That's, pretty much it um becca's our photographer yeah and becca's our photographer so um yeah ryan's wife is our photographer my (laughs) wife is owns the bakery and our our beloved local bike shop is our our bike shop sponsor so um you know reaching out to them and and building through them has has been good because they're those businesses create community more than than you know a bike ride once a year so you know, it's, it's through my own experience of when I've helped people, you know, if they've asked me, well, what are some, what's something that, that you would recommend? And I would always start with do hard things with friends. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way just to get to know someone, build your friendship and just have, have a great experience through, through this experience over the last, what has it been? Four, 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 four or five years. Have you three become better friends? Or has the intensity of the hills, you know, kept you at bay? <laughs> Ryan, why'd you put that hill there? I'm not going to forgive you for that. Something like that. No, I think this this race has definitely brought us closer. Um, I don't think we've ever had any kind of, you know, fighting or, you know, or there's, there's really not been any real arguments, I don't think, among any of us that I can no. think of. Uh, sure, sure. And we're just, <laughs> I think we're really pretty tight. Yeah, that, that's we great. Have, yeah. If you had to add one more person, and it could be he, she, whatnot, what skill set would be beneficial to your group right now? Yeah, Gina was really the missing piece <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of the puzzle. Um, I like that. And what Gosh. a good compliment to Gina. Yeah. That's so <laughs> nice. You. Like Gina saves us all. And that's what I heard. Yeah. Ryan and I really didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> the, the race wouldn't have carried on or existed if Gina wasn't there the first year. Yeah. Pretty like 100%. <laughs> you know, that's pretty yeah. great. 
And she's yeah. also uh, very good at website design and, so <laughs> <laughs> and logo design and things like that. So that's that's helped a lot. Uh, yeah, I do all the branding and yeah. Um, except for our our guest artist this year did the patch design, yeah. which was amazing. Uh, Josiah, I can't remember his last name. You guys, Durmeyer. 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 My goodness. Um, uh, he he did this incredible design for our patch this year. But other than that, um, it's I've done all the branding for for the snow mill. Um, we sent out posters one year, and we do t-shirts and sweatshirts and socks and stickers and everything so um yeah so just in closing so if someone wants to learn more about the stone mill what is your website and two if they feel brave enough to you know, you know take on take on your course take on your you know you know bike baby ride you know, the thing that you all brought together made how can people learn more about the stone mill uh, yeah, the website is bohemianstomill.com. Stomill is S-T-O-M-I-L. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to come check us out, I'd, I'd love it. You know, Ryan said that there's there's not definitely not as many women as men, and that's just kind of the way, you know, these bike rides go. But um, we've always encouraged women to come out. Uh, Goldenrod Pastries gives you a free cake if you finish the Stomill. So um, I don't know how many dozens of cakes they've given out over the years, but um yeah, so yeah, right. please come out and we'll, we will encourage you. We won't leave you hanging. You won't, you're not going to die out there. So you'll be fine. Um, we'll help you. We, we yeah. Awesome. Uh, Gina, Russ, Ryan, thank you for taking some time out of your day. And, uh, but with that, I would like to uh, uh, invite you to listen to here at Nebraska FM. They follow us out after our program for Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder. I wanted to say thank you for joining us on this great evening. Take care.